Eyes up, Guardians. We are live for episode 139 of the Conqueror's Corner podcast. Today is Thursday, November the 16th, year 2023. I am the Destiny Bad Boy, not Ryan Fox, and I am back once again with my fire team, who all of you CCPs know by now. Jared? Yeah, I was just off uh, last week with some preventative maintenance, just keeping that voice going. Um, and just make sure that, you know, prepare for this week in the start of the next season. And the chronicler himself, Chad Osaro. We're going to get into the last lore book of the season in the last two podcasts we got left. So uh, be ready for it. And as a reminder, if you are watching us on YouTube or Twitch, first of all, thank you. But don't forget, you can take us on the road via Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast services. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, click the bell, turn on notifications, yada, yada, yada. Follow us on Twitter at DestinyCCPod. Chad, what's that? What was that again? What's the Twitter? DestinyCCPod. There we go. Make sure you send us bungee friend requests so we can play games together. We have a lot to discuss this week. From the Twid, brought to you by, quote, the Destiny 2 community team. But before we get into that, let's listen to our intro music, which comes to you from everybody's favorite Link, who you can find on Twitter at Link of Time G. Conquer's Corner, a Destiny podcast. Wow, Link. Awesome job. Thank you. All right, so the Twig kicks off uh, with a teaser trailer that we got for Season 23, Season of the Wish. And um, make sure whenever you go to watch it, you know, make sure you're paying attention uh, in case you get a YouTube ad or something beforehand. Um, it can be over in just a matter of seconds. So, um, now, uh, I did see like the one like line in it: "All wishes come at a cost." So, I think that's just that's just the purpose of next season. We got to do something to get inside the traveler. And uh, it's going to come at a cost. Can we do like, uh, can we talk openly about this? That's a, or, yeah. Or do we want to not? I mean, so whose voice is that in the trailer? Mara. Like 100% Mara's voice? I didn't think it sounded a lot like her. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Okay. Uh, and I turned mm-hmm. subtitles on trying to see if it would say like Marasov colon blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I guess Nothing so. there. <clears throat> um, also, what do you think the wish is going to do? Put us inside the traveler? Hmm. Good question. 
I don't think um, we make the wish until like late in the season, right? You don't start. Yeah, out. yeah. I, I mean, th- I think that'll be the lead into the mm-hmm. expansion, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. kind of like how like uh, last year it was Savathun escaping the crystal and leaving uh, leaving Osiris there and just laughing and running away. Um, I think because the wish can't be to get into the Traveler because there's a cutscene at the beginning of next expansion where we're going into the Traveler. So it's going to be figuring out how to use the wish wall in a way to make sure that there is as minimal backlash as possible to find a way to get into it um, with minimal Ahamkara interference. Uh, so like using a wish to get actually fully inside the traveler, that's a lot of, that's going to require a lot of power now, but using a wish to figure like to get a nudge as a, to a hint of how to get in there. That's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So the, the bigger the demand, the higher the cost. But again, Mara created the wish wall for a reason. Um, yeah. So we're going to have to figure out that wish to, to get in there. I have a, a cur- a little theory that's popped into my head over the last, you know, probably 48 hours. And that is the fact that the wish is how Cade six comes back. He's tied to the uh, wish. Uh, Saying, I don't ever want him to come back. Wow. Wow. You mean like uh, come back as like alive or well, like destiny? How alive? Like, like, like that's how, how he's, he's in like, the traveler. Like a Virgil alive, like uh, type of situation. Yeah. Yeah, he's alive Virgil. inside the Traveler because of the wish. All right. Um, next up, Dragon's Breath. It's going to be the seasonal exotic next season. So at level one of the season pass, if you're on the paid version, you'll get it. Uh, you can hand over, head over the Banshee and, st- Banshee and start working on that catalyst. Um, Dragon's Breath is was never really the meta in D1, but it's a cool-looking rocket, to say the least. It got it got pretty useful that one point. Was that like year three, Chad? Do you remember? Year three? Um, it was near the end of, of Destiny 1, for sure. Like the rise um, of iron year, like towards yeah, the end of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's because I think what they did is they introduced Hothead as a legendary, and they're like, we need to make Dragon's Breath more different so that it it's it's weirder. And I think that's when it, it like became a solar grenade, essentially. Like a that napalm like type two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was like, oh, this is a really weird rocket, and it's like it was a lot of fun. Um. But I think that happened when Hothead happened because they're like, well, they, we can't have an exotic and a legendary version of the same thing, so we're gonna make this a little different. Um, but I can't, I can't remember exactly because I, I remember using it a couple times, like, oh, this is neat, and then moving on. <laughs> yeah, so I think this is gonna be neat uh, for, for a while next season. Um, starting out with the exotic intrinsic, it's gonna be burn the world where it's going to have a fuel counter passively increasing the longer you go without firing it. It goes up to a maximum of five stacks there. And then firing Dragon's Breath uh, will uh, uh, empties the counter 
uh, transferring all the fuel to the rocket. And then the rocket that, as it's embedded into uh, an enemy, it starts causing scorch damage and, pretty, uh, and periodically injecting incendiary fuel into pools around the target that uh, it also inflicts scorch damage to anyone standing in them. And the more fuel the rocket has, so the longer you waited before firing it, the longer it lasts detonate the area around it. So it's kind of like the warlock grenade, the solo nade that like that keeps spewing out. Um, yeah. On that solo um, we work. I think it is man, called solo that's grenade, embarrassing. Right? Yeah, is it's it, it's, it's a, port, an it's aspect. Vortex. It's uh, but the it, yeah, it's just a sword grenade. It's the one yeah. that like spits out the fire. Yeah, yeah, but it's the uh, the aspect that gives it that extra extra oomph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's you know why I don't remember because I never take it off the warlock. So it's like anytime I'm on warlock, it's all night. <laughs> it's solo. It's already on. It's always there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. There's another exotic uh, perk that's going along with it called High Octane. Uh, with the intrinsic nearby ignitions, instantly refill your dragon's breath with two fuel, plus within a fully loaded refills, it reloads itself. So um, after so many so many kills, it um, it fills it back up so you don't have to do a reload. So kind of build in auto-link holster. And then exotic catalyst. The catalyst passively replenishes your dragon's breath fuel faster, eliminating the combatants with the weapon, causes them to spawn fire sprites. So fire sprites, you know, you can get that restoration. If you pick it up uh, with like Myconic Maestro, it starts giving you bonus damage to your your other weapons. So uh, it's going to be good for a solo build. It'd be good for that Mars Battleground opening portion. Yeah, how stuff just keeps spawning and spawning. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, rocket launchers get, like, maybe unstoppable next season. That would be cool. Like, rockets, like, never really had anything for anti-champions. So I feel like unstoppable would be a good one for them. You know, you can stick an unstoppable champion with this dragon's breath, stuns it, and just keeps burning everything around it. And we should say that this is, as far as pure aesthetics, one of the better looking exotics, right? Yeah, I mean it's just a straight up, <laughs> you know, dragon. There's mouth. there's a couple. There's, what is it? Uh, Risk Runner that has some mm. pretty sweet ornaments for it. Yeah, Arbalest yeah. has yeah, some Risk pretty sweet ones. ones. I mean, I still hold with the herd up there, in itself, like the OG with the horde looks great. Blacked out with that taken goop. Yeah, Malfeasance also has some really banger, banger yeah. ornaments. Yeah, it is good. It's got some really good ones. Um, Season of the Wish economy is going to be in this rewards. It's going to be like completely t- tuned here. You know, part of that is uh, legendary shard rework, and uh, going into that, um, 
lost sectors are also getting redone. And what's happening in the lost sectors is um, there's going to be weapons to go chase on a daily rotator. Um, and the chance for that weapon to drop on Legend is 70%, and Master is 100%. Then also completing it on Master has a chance for additional perk the drop in column three or four. So actually some reason to go back into these lost sectors. Um, so like day one, Knox Perennial five, Old Sterling, or Sarlin C, Cinema S16. <laughs> Fox's mute doesn't work. And um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And this, <laughs> the same thing, the four day rotation there. And um, if I'm looking at this right now, day three has got uh, Last Foray hand in hand and Balscar. I think Balscar has a, has a lot of play in PvP. Hand in hand, it's a shotgun to get one two punch on it. So if you don't have a good arc one, it's, it's a place to go get it. Yeah. However, right I mean, now, like, I feel like he's the below average, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like day one, you got Old Sterling, I think people like. I've heard a little bit about it and I'm like, I haven't played enough with it to really have much of an opinion. Um, day two has glizzy gobbler. Um, the, uh, the, the solar pulse, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, day three has, has actually more guns that I would be more willing to get. I think I have a good glizzy and yeah, Ryan, you did hear that correctly. Um, <laughs> um, but uh yeah i mean it's it's cool that they're adding that um and the the whole like 100% drop at master so like it doesn't matter if you're solo or not so if i wanted to just sit around and and just do nothing and and jared's there it's like hey do you want do you want any of these guns and be like yeah sure it's like we can cuz we could just two man clear mm, a lost yeah. sector in like 2 minutes we, we, we've done it before where we've just speed ran lost sectors and gotten them like two, two and a half minutes and be like, bang, 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 bang. And just done them over and over again. Um, and at the master, it might be like three minutes, you know, and be, it'd be like a fun kind of tough time. Um, but to have a hundred percent drop rate at one of those four guns, it's like, you're, you're going to eventually get one. It's like, Oh, this is pretty good. I, I don't need to do this anymore. It's like, all right, cool. Just do a couple yeah. more for me and see if we get anything. That day four with harsh language there, if I'm like really had nothing else to do that day, I actually might try to get a better harsh harsh language. That okay. waveframe void grenade launcher. Yeah, yeah. I have not gotten any good ones at all of that. I think I've only seen yeah. a handful drop. Um so hopefully it's actually displayed in game when like when it was on the lost sector for the day and showing you like what weapons are dropping from there. That way people are not like trying to guess. Or like have to go to a third party source to to see what's yeah. going on that day. Man, I, I just uh, checked my uh, harsh language, and it is it is terrible. I got shot swap golden tricorn. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, magnificent, yeah, gross. And the master drops have an extra mod slot on them or perk mm-hmm. slot, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So um, I think there's like envious assassin destabilizing rounds is like the, like one of the plays. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. So, uh, which will reward? There's also there like Ingrams, unrelenting repulsor brace is also in there with the destabilizing rounds. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, which will rewards and engrams with the legendary shards going away uh, in a start of final shape. They're taking those out of the cost when it comes to focusing weapons. So whenever they remove one cost, the cost of the other materials that you have, is going to go up. However, we should be getting more of them. So as of right now, I feel like um, if you go and reset the Zavala and you just rank him all the way up once, you'll probably have 20 to 30-ish engrams, probably the focus on him. Um, that number is going to be going up. They didn't give us a sh- like a direct number here of how many we're going to get, but a lot more than uh, what we have been getting. So if you want to go focus a uh, Nightfall weapon, Next season, it's going to cost five engrams and tw- and fifteen thousand glimmer, and then an adept nightfall weapon. It's only going to cost one engram, but it's still going to cost fifty thousand glimmer and ten of the nightfall ciphers. So again, with that one, no reason to spend a bunch of engrams on it because you already had to collect all this nightfall ciphers to focus on the adept adept trials weapon. Same thing, only one engram, but 50,000 glimmer and a seven wind passage after going flawless. Um, that's very unfortunate. All they got to do is drop that um, seven wind passage after going flawless. Like if it's just a seven wind passage, I'll play trial spongy. But until you drop, don't drop that. I'm not playing. So, uh, how y'all feel about? The, the new like ingram cost like it's no longer banking up legendary shards it's it's just these ingrams that depending on what you like the vendor they're gonna go away after one season you have to spend them you can't keep them banked uh, i mean i like having things banked because then when something good happens i can actually just burn through all of it um I don't know, man. It's gonna be a change. It's and we're we're going we're we're burning through. Fox, whatever you're doing, it's terrible. <laughs> um. Yeah. So <laughs> it's gonna be like um that backstock of legendary shards that we've built up over the years to be able to just go purchase anything and get glamour that we need to go purchase where we need in the tower. Um, it's going to suck. And it's going to be a big adjustment. Oh yeah. And we're losing lots of currencies too by there's they're like slightly changing stuff like next season. And then they're at for the expansion. So it's, you got some changes for all of us, old guard. All right. Um, Iron Banner. This is the last one of the season, obviously, because the season's going to end in, like, what was it 10 days? Um, so, leaving is a Dark Decider, Auto Rifle, and the Gnor's Axe. 
And then the new weapon next season is a strand high impact auto rifle. And then returning is the Reese Walker kinetic lightweight shotgun. Um, I mean, could they bring back two weapons? I would care less about, um, man, another strand auto rifle. I think I've already got one that's craftable because that one from two, we have two. Yeah, two we have one from the raid, right. and then we have the one from uh, from the season. Yep. So this is rounds out all the frames. So at this point, you'll have all the frames except for the adaptive frame, craftable as a strand auto rifle. Yeah. All right, uh, we got a date for uh, the next dungeon, and that is going to be Friday, December first at nine a.m. Pacific time or twelve best coast time. Um, we'll be going in there sometime on Friday. I imagine it would be later on Friday, uh, given our work schedules and having a fun time, uh, discovering the, the new dungeon. Why do they do that? Do what? What, what exactly? The, the Friday, um, like reset. I hate that so much. Just make it on a Saturday. And just uh, tell people if they don't want to come in, they're fired. I mean, they're pretty good at that. Um, I, I don't know. I think uh, that's like the start of the weekend is the Friday. And that that weekend's just like everybody's just basically doing the dungeon that weekend. Starting on Friday, you don't have to yeah. wait. Plus, it's like, it's like prime streamer times. It's like a, a whole Friday. To take up a whole Friday block with just dungeon stuff. And, and then into the weekend, people play. Don't that first week they don't do trials of the season, so like it's everybody watching the new dungeon and nobody's watching anything else. I believe so. Yes, makes the most sense. Because then uh, I think trials is supposed to be the week after. Yeah, supposed to be. Yeah. I think so. Unless something weird happens. All right, um, that's the twid for this week. Uh, if you get down towards the bottom of the twid, there's a golden uh, escalation mark. Click click that, and it's a little ode back to, to Hippie. Um, you know, she always little, put little stuff in the twids, so. Oh, they've been Somewhere doing that for forever. There's always been a little dog or a cat somewhere, some hyperlink in there. I think, I think, DMG was doing it. Was he? I think he was doing the like bread for a stuff, long time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go all the way back in the their their TWAB catalog to find some of them. But yeah, it's been happening for a long time, and she, uh, I think she posted a lot of cats. So, I saw a cat in there. I'm like, oh, cat. Yeah. You a cat guy or a dog guy? Dogs dog yep <clears throat> i would have guessed that from both of you so um all right i that's the end of the twid let's get right into a sponsor segment uh oh. we have an advertiser now um we are actually this is the first time 139 episodes this is the second 
time we were approached uh, for to do like a sponsor read, first one we have accepted. And the one that we accepted is from Zencaster, which is the company that we record our podcast with. Um, they basically do all the hard work for us. We go onto a website. We all log in. Uh, I don't think Jared and Chad even have to make accounts. I made the initial account. And uh, we all, I send a link out. They click the link. We all join in. It records all audio locally. That way you get good recordings. And then it uploads it after the show is over. It's very easy to use. Uh, I remember all the way back in March, probably like end of February, beginning of March, 2021. uh, I was talking to Jared and Chad and I was like, man, why don't we do a destiny podcast? Like I'm kind of tired of all the ones that I listen to. Um, I think that, you know, we kind of have a different perspective from a lot of people and I said, how do you guys feel about that? And there you go. Sounds great. Let's do it. And I said, I'll look into it. So I know nothing about production or anything. I found Zencaster. It has been a blessing. It makes my job very easy. Uh, Jared, what do you remember about those first episodes? Uh I remember how bad we were at like talking and, and bouncing off of each other. But however, it's just like it was so easy to record the podcast and then actually like go back and listen, you know, what was it took to upload it? Maybe like 30, 30 minutes after like the initial time. And then we listen to it back the very next day, like on our commutes and figuring out all the places where we went wrong. But the system's got it right there recorded for us. Yeah, it's pretty wild logging into iTunes, Spotify, any other major podcast place. It does all that for you. Um, you know, you set it up, you kind of set it and forget it. Um, once you do that initial setup, super easy. Um, you can also do video podcasts to where it can record up to 4K video, uh, give you a high quality. You're going to sound good. You're going to look good. And, you know, that's the main thing. People don't want to listen to audio or podcast with bad audio or somebody that recently had COVID and has like a third of their voice. Um, (laughs) So keep that in mind. Also, uh, do you guys remember how you guys might not, but how many ums and ahs and uh, like awkward pauses we had initially Mm -hmm. because, um, now they have like AI that can remove all that out. You don't even have to do it. You don't have to have any program to go in. You literally click a button. It does all the work for you all in one. You know, um, not only do they record it, they distribute it as well. I cannot speak highly enough. I wouldn't know what to do if it wasn't for Zencaster. Um, if, something ever happened i wouldn't be able to you know go start something somewhere else uh, all in one super easy so special offer to you guys zencaster.com slash pricing z-e-n-c-a-s-t-r.com slash pricing use our code destiny cc pod 
That's going to give you 30% off the first month of any Zencaster paid plan that you come across. Chato, I know I had you log in and check the code. So um, tell us what you saw whenever you went on the website there. Well, it shows you the pricing first so you can see each of the plans that they got. And as soon as you put in the, uh, the, the code at the bottom there, it actually adjusts the pricing automatically so you can see it already said and done. Very easy. And what was what was that code, Chad? It was Destiny CC Pod. Thank you. So, um, I want you guys to have the same easy experience that I do with all the podcasting and content needs. I'm the one that kind of Jared and Chad do a lot of the legwork of like getting the the show set up and ready and getting the Google Doc ready. Chad does all his lore stuff. I'm the one that kind of pieces it together and does all the back end stuff. Um, it's time for you guys to share your story and hit us up um, on Twitter at Destiny CC Pod as well. Um, that way we can listen to your podcast whenever you start it. Once again, Zencaster.com slash pricing, Z E N C A S T R.com slash pricing, offer code Destiny CC Pod. Jared, likes and dislikes. Yeah, let's go get back into what we talked about here with um, Destiny 2 and what we kind of did this week with likes and dislikes. With that, that incorporates, sometimes it's Destiny related, sometimes it's just gaming or in life related. But getting back in and playing GMs, uh, man, just using Wish Ender and his anti-barrier. Puts out a lot of damage using heavy ammo scout to make heavy ammo for my teammates and the uh, increase heavy ammo drops for myself. It is a great bow. It has been used and abused all season long. And um, I, I don't foresee that changing at all for any Grandmaster require, that requires anti-barrier. Um, very, very, very strong weapon. My like is... Um, I was able to get my final fire fright. I was able to get, um, the void scout rifle from Savathun's throne world. Um, Oh, I got the final pattern for it as well. Leaving me with only four weapons that I need patterns for. Three of those are from the Crota raid. Um, one is Brigand's law. Uh, the sidearm from the season of the the pirate season, the catch craft season of the catch. Is that what that was called? Mm. Season of plunder. Yeah. Yeah. Season of plunder. I, I, I would have got there with my pirate words eventually. Um, that sidearm, super good. I already had like a God roll of it, so I wasn't really concerned about it, but I love that sidearm. Very good. So next season, I I already have four of them that are capable of receiving deep sight resonance in the vault. So I just have to get to probably rank 70 ish in the season pass. And I'll have all those ready to go. All right. And uh, my like is watching the boys get good fusions. Um, it's always, it's always fun because nobody uses them like I do. Uh, they only really use them if uh, it's a Cartesian with Vorpal or something else with Vorpal. 
or uh, uh, reserve the whatever it is the the explosive one. Reservoir burst. Um, that's the one. Oh, I got one of those too. So, yeah. So, so having 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 the homies get one that makes them actually want to use a fusion is always is always fun. It's always good to see. Um, and then leads me into my dislike is not getting one for myself. Um, but I have plenty of fusions cause I keep all my fusions and, and, and go through them very meticulously. So I'm, I don't, I'm not, I'm not scrambling for a fusion rifle, so I'm not worried about it too much, but, uh, it's, it's, it's always good to have the homies start playing with the things you like to play with. So you're like, yeah, see fusions are good. I promise they're good. <laughs> they're fun. My dislike is uh, Arbalest because that gun is not very good anymore. Um, not not good at all. We did crank out two GNs last night. Um, a lot of fun doing that, I will say. Um, but I was running uh, Scout Rifle uh, to help with the champions, and then I was running Arbalest with it. And it was just, uh, they, they killed our baby. That's what they did. I mean, it is, it's just not good anymore, especially like with Wish Ender, like Jared mentioned in his like. So that would be my dislike for the week. I finished out here. Um, man, the battleground ad dis- density and just bombardment and some of it, it's just uncalled for and just unfun. Like, I understand trying to make stuff difficult, but. The constant spawning of ads, even though like you're doing what you're supposed to do, um, it, it's it's it just goes against like the fundamental of what you're trying to do in most games, like in the history of Bungie games, like Halo. It's like, all right, I need to kill all these ads so I can get over to the other side of this chasm. All right, this is it's just that simple. Um, and even with it's just felt like it's just like ingrained in you whenever you just. Start out playing all video games. Take out the bad guys so you can move across the room. Well, you can't just take out the bad guys. You have to stay in one part of the room, protect that part of the room. Don't get hit by the grenades that's getting thrown over top of your head. That You have a higher frame rate than intended. So it, it melts you five times faster than somebody on the Xbox One. You know that, That's my dislike for the week. Listen, <clears throat> this is... Uh, uh, my like of your dislike is it's so ridiculous. It's just all we could do is laugh last night running those. And you can't find those on the YouTube channel. Um, we did live stream those. Uh, so if you go to the Conqueror's Corner YouTube, you can find our GM walkthroughs, which I'm going to be honest with you. First time we've played those. So I don't know how much walkthrough in this going on. But I do, at the beginning, we discuss our loadouts, we discuss um, fragments, aspects, and kind of get into that a little bit. So at the very least, watch the first few minutes. You can hopefully help you out with the build or something. All right. Um, no weapons breakdown this week. Uh, weapons breakdown probably will start with the uh, beginning of next season, especially with any guns that we've determined to be meta uh gambling corner uh, i don't think we gambled on anything because i was out last week and i know we didn't talk about anything for the gm that we have only thing we got left is light blade 
box. Are we going to be gambling on that? Uh, we are going to be gambling. Uh, gambling corner. Uh, so each season we start with 10,000 glimmer. That is just uh, made up. Um, the points do matter, however, because if one of us goes bankrupt through that, then they have to delete a weapon out of their vault that the other two people determine the value of. So a weapon that is no longer obtainable, that might be a god roll or a weapon that has a high kill count, something like that is going to be worth more buyback in money, buyback in glimmer, excuse me. Um, so the other thing that we added is that the person that wins gets to give a punishment to the other two people. So um, Chad currently sits in first place with 20,500 glimmer. Um, I have 4,000. Jared has 8,500. So um, Chad pretty well has it locked up. Um, So Chad, you can be thinking of punishments that Jared and I will have to complete and stream while we're doing it. Um, I don't think it's fair to be like, you need to do this until you beat it. And it takes something that could be eight or 10 hours because um, as adults uh, with careers and wives and children and et cetera, dogs, you know, it's not fair to give us uh, a steady eight hour punishment. So something that we can complete over the course of a season, I think would be, the most fair um i am very afraid of what punishment you're going to give me uh because i know what i would give me if i were you and that would be very cruel very unusual um what i was thinking i hadn't discussed this with you guys it's looking likely that i'm going to be in last place and jared's going to be in second place so try to think of a challenge that maybe like last place can do in like maybe 10 hours. Uh, first pl- or second place would be something maybe they could do in five hours, um, like five hours or complete this or 10 hours or complete this. Um, I think that would be the best idea. Saying that <clears throat> closest time to completion on our light blade GM, we're going to do three, we'll do 2,000 Glimmer a piece. I'm, I'm going last because I'm in last place. So you guys can figure out amongst yourself who's going first or second. I'll go first. Chad, you go with that. Sure. All right. 35 minutes and 33 seconds. Oh man, because I was thinking thirty-seven fifty. I, I already had that. that in my brain. Here's the deal: the way this typically plays out, and what the the the, the twice that the two is have this been two times or three times? Well, I, I think it's three. This is at least the third time going around. Right, I think we've completed it twice. And the very first time, each time Chad and I die in the boss room (laughs) and Jared (laughs) basically stays invisible the whole time. Don't speak that into existence. And the reason that we die is because Jared's invisible the whole time pulling zero aggro from the other 
the all we got to carry our weight, dog. Listen, that's a lot harder for me than it is for you. So saying that, um, I am going to say thirty-five minutes and thirty-two seconds is going to be my oh, okay. guess. I'm going just under Jared. Uh, I think uh, I think Chad and I are going to do a better job this time of uh, 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 staying alive. And we're going to contribute a little more. And um, I know we have, what is it? Is it barrier and overload in that one? That's unstop. Unstop. But there's only unstop like barrier. three unstoppables. It's like the ogres. Yeah, and they're like the all open room, right? They're all like at the end, right before the boss room. Yeah. yeah. So, so saying that, I'm probably, I don't think I'm going to need the arbalist. So it's probably going to be a wish ender, sniper, situation, um, because there's I feel like there's a lot of range, in in that room, um, in in the, in that strike rather. So, but you'll be able to watch that. When are we going to try to do that? Um, I'm busy Saturday. So maybe Sunday, Monday. You're done. You're busy Saturday night. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, Going to tech nine and Hollywood undead concert. I've actually seen Hollywood Undead uh, live before, but I think they opened for Avenged Sevenfold whenever I saw them. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, But we'll figure it out. We've got to get us uh, um, a little D&D stream going as well. So um, it's about time for that. Uh, So anyways, that is the plan. I said 35-32, Jared said 35-33, the Dokoro said 37-50, and we will live stream that. We don't know what day. It will be before the next podcast. Jared will not be present for the next podcast, so next week's probably going to be me and Chad doing a quickie, I would say. Yeah. I do have an idea, but we'll we'll talk about after the podcast but i do have a box of the hot ones hot sauces like that i got oh i can just bring them down and we that's our punishment i'd be done with that okay i'd be jealous though the whole time we, <laughs> i don't want to do that we can just uh we can just do uh we can do like uh who was it david tell they did the bumping mics. We can just share one mic and just talk really close <laughs> while our eyes are watering. It's just not coming out of my like, ears, yeah. Like, I talk on this side, and you're just talking right here on this side. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be pretty good. All right. That takes us to the lore. Chad, what's going on this week? All right. We are starting the book Rites of Passage. Uh, we got eight chapters here. We're doing four and four for next week. Um, and that's the la- this is the last lore of the season. Uh, it's going to lead us into 
into the next season, season of The Wish. So we're going to start off with the first chapter, Process. Saint Fourteen and Osiris sat across from each other at the rough wooden table, focused on the array of wires, struts, and braces spread out before them. Mithrax had mentioned that his spicer gauntlet had been causing his arm to go numb, and Saint's overeager offer of assistance had turned into an evening of frustratingly meticulous tinkering. Mithrax had politely excused himself hours ago, but Saint and Osiris were so focused on their discussion of Savathun's bargain they hardly noticed. We don't have a choice, Osiris said, threading a wire through the lacy frills of a tiny ether converter. The future of the witnesses crafting is beyond the portal is terrible than we could dream. Anything is preferential to that. Anything but her, Saint grumbled. Even her, Osiris said defiantly. If Savathun knows how to pursue the witness, then there is little reason to doubt what she does. We must work with her. There is no other way. With an exo's patient precision, Saint straightened a row of metal pins. I do not know how you can say that. After everything. Osiris raised his eyebrows. I am a beacon of forgiveness, he said, but the words soured on his tongue. So, you forgive her? Saint didn't need to look up from his work. No, Osiris said quietly. He aligned a metal tab with its slot and pressed it into place, waiting to hear a click. It didn't come. The truth is, I hardly think of her at all. Saint looked at him flatly, but Osiris shrugged, his face open. I know how it sounds. I have acknowledged what happened and moved on, I suppose. I am here, alive, with you. They say that's the best revenge, don't they? Saint coiled a stubborn spring and prepared to slide it into a support brace. Is it revenge to allow the violator to avoid accountability? The violator is dead, Osiris said wryly, and will live again if Osiris, if Eris and the guardians fulfill their prophecy of prediction. The spring shot from between Saint's fingers, or whatever Savathun wants to call this new trick. Osiris heard the spring clatter in the corner near the kitchen and rose wordlessly to hunt for it. Saint sighed. I do not know how you can be so calm, he said. You sometimes act as though you do not remember what she did to you. I remember it all, he said softly without turning away from the corner. I remember being helpless. The words caught in his throat. Saint pushed his chair back and stood, but Osiris was already back at the table, a dusty spring in the center of his palm. There is still fury inside me, he said, fury that will probably carry forever. I acknowledge it, but I do not let it consume me. I control it and take strength from that. Osiris placed the spring on the table and sat back down. Saint moved to his side. Denying your emotions is not strength, Saint said carefully. I admit that. If I could, I'd change what happened. Osiris, but not if doing so changed where it led me. Osiris reached out and gave Saint a half embrace around the hips. Have we finished talking about this now? Osiris asked, and Saint heard the rawness in his voice. Chapter 2, A Matter of Distrust As Ikora neared the console in the helm, a voice cried out from the shadows as a figure lunged for her. Ikora's hands moved reflexively to deflect the blow and deliver a killing strike, but she stopped after recognizing her attacker. She allowed Elsie to grab the front of her robes and shove her against the bulkhead. Were you even listening? Elsie screamed, her hands shaking in frustration. How many reports, Ikora? 
How many times did I tell you what I saw? The pain in her voice tore at Ikora. She knew the stories almost as well as Elsie at this point. The Exo had traveled back from a future where Aerys Morn held dominion over everything, and even bent Savathun to her will. It had not ended well. Elsie pushed away and began to pace furious. Elsie, Ikora said gently, I know the future you came from, but that is not this future. I have seen what happens when Aerys Morn has unchecked power. I have smelled the corpses. Ikora wanted to comfort Elsie, but knew that any attempts at camaraderie would push her further away. Instead, she straightened her robes. The heiress in your timeline was corrupted by darkness, she said coolly. We now understand how to wield the darkness without becoming lost in it. Eris Morn was corrupted by power, Ikora. The same power you're encouraging the Guardians to, to tithe to her through hive rituals. And you think that's somehow better? Ikora took a breath. I hear you, she said with quiet authority. And while I trust Eris, I will not lose my objectivity. If actions must be taken, I will take them. Elsie shook her head. I wonder if you said the same thing before your body was buried in the wreckage of the tower. Ikora waited. One cannot speak when the other is unwilling to listen. Osiris had once told... It's in her voice, Elsie said. She sounded small. She sounded truly afraid, Ikora realized. You can hear it. Even through her hive transformation, when she speaks, she's smiling. When she led her troops from the Scarlet Keep, when she attacked the Traveler, when she turned us against each other and I was forced to... to kill my sister, to kill Anna, Eris was smiling that same smile. Ikora laced her fingers together and looked at the floor. I won't watch it happen again, Elsie said, and her voice was ice. Chapter 3. Auspices Drifter sidled through Ares's Athenaeum, poking at her occult doodads. Many of the unidentifiable objects were covered in one type of grime or another. Wax, tallow, machine grease, or blood. He shook his head with affection, amazed that someone so sharp could be so sloppy. He spotted the deck of whispers spread haphazardly across Eris's lectern and strode across the many across the room, gathering them into a clean pile. He'd had so many fortunes and misfortunes over his many lifetimes, he doubted another one would slit tip the scales either way. Drifter cut the deck fearlessly and flipped over the card with a flourish. The Harbinger. As he stared into the card, the magnitude of Eris's undertaking loomed large in his mind. For one dark instant, he allowed himself to consider the possibility of her failure. Don't worry, Moondust. You got this. He casually placed the card on t- back on top of the deck. And when you're done, I'll be waiting. Zavala eyed the deck of whispers warily. He had been touring Eris's base of operations when the cards caught his eye. They seemed to draw his attention with silent insistence. The commander had never been one to seek omens or portents. It wasn't that he chafed at the idea of cosmic forces influencing his fate. The far-reaching effects of the Traveler in his life had long put to rest his hubristic sense of self-determination. Rather, he distrusted the riddles that such oracular devices employed. He had heard too many of the witch's half-truths to trust anything but hard evidence anymore. And yet, Zavala picked up the deck and immediately sensed its power. It felt heavier than the weight of its materials, 
As he hefted it in his palm, a card slipped from the middle of the deck as if pulled by an unseen hand. Zavala watched gravely as it fell face up at his feet. Lament. He gave a plaintive chuckle. Perhaps the oracles were not so difficult to interpret after all. Ikorakel, Mithrax called out to the Athenaeum. He had come looking for Warlock Vanguard on city business, but having found the space empty, he paused his search to scrutinize her latest operation. Mithrax had strong objections to Eris's use of hive magic, but knew the Vanguard was not his house to command. He perused the esoteric artifacts littering the space with mild distaste. They reminded him too much of the relics of Nezarek, which had plagued his youth. As his gaze came to rest on the deck of whispers, he felt a familiar numbness throughout his chest. Through the sensation had become more prevalent in recent months, he'd told no one. As the Kel picked up the deck and with his upper right hand, he felt his splicer gauntlet pulse with energy. The cards were clearly imbued with power beyond his experience. With his lower left hand, he delicately withdrew a card and placed it face up on the table. Ascension. Mithrax pondered the omen gravely. It reminded him of all the tribulations his house had suffered in coming to the last city. Their ascension had been violent and sorrowful one filled with detractors. Yet the peace and security they found among the humans justified their risks. Now it was Eris who was walking into the sanctum of her mortal enemy to save her people. Mithrax shook his head in self-rebuke. Perhaps he'd been too rigid in his opinions regarding Eris Morn's mission. He owed her the same grace that the vanguard had extended to him. He slid the card back into the middle of the deck and felt the numbness in his chest recede once again. Chapter 4. An Invocation Titan's methane oceans roiled. Saturn's crushing gravity caused massive tidal waves to surge across the moon's surface. In the comforting blackness beneath the waves, the tides swelled and contracted like the breath of a great beast. Within the churn of elemental forces, the proto-worm Asa slumbered. She was not asleep in any sense her body guardian would understand, for the frail human sleep was frantic, uninhibited state. Their minds roamed freely between terror, ecstasy, and oblivion. It was not a condition that Asa recognized as restful. Instead, the protoworm's attention drifted peacefully among quantum fields unspoiled by physics or matter. Her consciousness diffused from the dense thought forms used by humans to a more expansive state of being. She was as mist upon the face of the cosmos. Time flowed through her as a tranquil breeze. Asa. Her serenity had suddenly eroded as if a gyre had suddenly formed beneath her mind, sucking her inexorably back into her body. She felt herself sink. Aka, Sita, Sel, Asa, Aura, Lace. The crushing density of her material form suddenly weighed her down. She calmed herself as she re-identified the oppressive force as mere physical sensation. I separate the true from the dead. The phenomenon pulling her back was familiar. A human voice. The words were sharp and pointed. They smelled of putrefaction, despair, violence. I am the many-mouthed hunger. I am the knife-edged truth. The voice grew stronger, like a saprophytic fungus blossoming on a carcass. It spread its mycelial tendrils through her mind, an invocation. She knew intuitively that she could withdraw from this connection if she desired. The will of the unseen voice was not so strong as to enthrall her. Not yet. 
I devour the free. I conspire with my vengeance. Asa suppressed the urge to recoil. Beneath the ritual words, she recognized a discordant tone, one of altruism. The speaker was sacrificing themselves as well. They proposed mutual tribulation for a greater purpose, the survival of the universe. Their reciprocal apprehension gave her solace. Asa opened herself up, allowing the voice to resonate within her. I will take what I need. The words in my throat are the weapon in my fist. The gruesome nature of the speaker's method became clear. Asa was to become a vessel for their harvested power, a battery for their profane logic, just like her corrupted kin. Waves of conflicting emotion cascaded through Asa as memories of her flight from fundament resurfaced. After her escape, Asa had spent millennia in grief for her lost brethren, but always dormant beneath the surface of her despair was a faint gleam of hope like buried treasure, a hope that one day she might redeem their depravity, a hope which now rose to the surface wielding the very sword she'd once fled. Ayat, Ayat, Ayat. Upon the final invocation, Asa perceived the fullness of her caller's intent. They sought power not for themselves or even their species. They fought to preserve the very cosmos as they knew it, to save it from the cruel grasp of a wounded tyrant, using the only tool they could. The proto-worm imagined the universe swelling and contracting like tides, beyond the reckoning of any one being. When moved by such swells, one could only accept their impetus, making of them the best one could. From her bonding with Sloane, Asa knew this was what humans called fate. So that fourth chapter, if you if you take a second to recognize it, that's the um, that's the call that Eris or the 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 words that Eris uses before she becomes a god. Mm. So that's the same words she speaks in that that first cutscene of the season. So I know that in that fourth week, we learned that Asa was somehow involved because of Sloan Sloan coming and 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 talking to Ikora. So that obviously is connected to this. Um, but this moment happened at the very beginning of the season and Sloan finds out about it in that fourth week and confronts Ikora about it. Um, so I thought that was neat. I like I read it and I'm like, wait, these these sound really familiar. And then I watched that cutscene again. I'm like, there it is. It's the exact, it's the words she used in her ritual. All right, uh, that takes us to the mailbag. And first question here is, I believe this was Fox's question, but it was, his wife wants to become a TikTok video game streamer. Do you have any advice? Uh, My advice would be actually make TikToks of your, like, funny gameplay or just like random stuff that happens to you while you play uh, that way people are actually you get into the algorithm to like let people see what you do not just stream yeah funny small clips because um america's america's youth has has gotten very used to 15 seconds of content at a time um 
small like moments that make you laugh or small moments that make you, Oh, that's cool. What game is this? Um, I think if, if, if they log like 30 to 50 of those real quick, just get them like loaded up so that they can just start pushing out like two a day and then like make a couple more and then just keep that train rolling. Um, be, it'd be a good start, but yeah, definitely. Like Jared said, something funny or something, something cool. Uh, my advice would be look at shirts and, uh, show your feet. Uh, question number two, what is your favorite sitcom? Um, that's the office. Hmm. Um, Parks and Rec. I, guess. <laughs> I was going to say, <clears throat> I think like there's probably three, three good answers and a fourth answer that a lot of people would say that I don't agree with. Um, Is it friends? No, fuck no. There's our F word for the podcast. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, it's Seinfeld. The okay. office are one, two in some order. It depends on what day you ask me is when I'm going to um, curb your enthusiasm. Very good. Um, Parks and Rec. Very good. And fifth, a lot of people would say Big Bang. Oh. Or okay. or How I Met Your Mother. I feel like those the are kind of... The mm. ending for How I Met Your Mother just completely screwed. Yeah, up. I... I Totally agree. Totally agree. But I think those are probably like the top six, most people would mm -hmm. say. And it's probably a lot of your age or what you watch first is yeah. probably how that's going to be. Yeah. That works. <clears throat> Question three. Xbox recently had its 22nd birthday. What is your first memory of Xbox if you didn't play PCs like a bunch of dorks? Which console would you play on? It's a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, I think the earliest Xbox was like at Cousin Cody's campsite. We hung the sheet up with a projector and played Halo. Split screen. That's your... That's your first memory? As, 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 far, there, as far right? as I can go back. I, yeah, you was there. But like as like a, a core memory, like that's a core memory. Okay. Don't knock him for his core memory, Ryan. No, that makes me just feel old. <laughs> because I, I was drove to that event. <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't an Xbox kid starting out. I was Sega and then PlayStation. What was your first Sega console? Like the Sega. And then I got a Sega Genesis. Like, what the what did you have before you had a master system before Genesis? I think it was just like a regular Sega. And then like you had the additional thing that you was able to put onto it and make a Sega Genesis. Okay. All right. My um God, I feel old. I remember when X Xbox came out when I was in middle school. 
but I remember being like, oh, you can't play Final Fantasy. Oh, you can't play RPGs on this system. Then it's not for me. Like, you know, I had to, <clears throat> I had to be able to play Final Fantasy. So um, that was my first Xbox memory was there was uh, one of my teachers in middle school who was also an assistant football coach had an Xbox and was trying to tell us that like all the sports games were better on Xbox, just like the graphics were better and this and that. And um, the first time I played an Xbox was um, my freshman year of high school, which would have been 2001, um, which would have been like right after it came out. Uh, one of my good friends got one for Christmas and um, we played Halo on it. I had another friend get one whenever Fable came out and we played Fable on it. I was with, spent the night and I was like, oh, I got to get between Halo and Fable. I was like, I got to, mm-hmm. I got to get me one of these. But um, I was the kid that got consoles for Christmas, you know, like it was too much to get one for a birthday. Like I wasn't getting a $300 console for a birthday. That was like my entire Christmas present. Right. So that's what I remember. I had a buddy who um, had to have heart, heart valve replacement surgery in high school and his parents got him an Xbox. So while he was recovering, we would go, over to his house and play Halo until the rest of us got, got our own console. Um, if I wasn't playing on PC, I would be on the series X for sure. For me, my first, first memory, um, I was, I was chilling in the living room, taking care of my sister. Cause it was after school. And, um, I was playing. I think I was playing on the uh, on a N64 at the time, because my stepdad kept the PS2 in the room, in his his bedroom, um, and so I'm just playing and hanging out. And and he he gets home from work, and he's just holding his like his briefcase and his other stuff. And he's like, "Hey, here, grab this." And I grab a bag, and I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "Open it." I'm like, "Okay," and I pull out a GameCube, and I'm like what the heck? This is awesome. And he's like, yeah, there's a couple games in there too. And a, a second controller so you can play with her. And I'm like, Oh, I guess. Sure. And I'm like, I guess <laughs> what's, what's that bag. And he's like, Oh, this is my Xbox. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> so he ro- he just rolled into like GameStop and was like, Hey, I want that and that and these games. <laughs> so, so I'm like, but I want to play on that. He's like, I'm going to play on it first and you can play on it later. <laughs> So, so the first stepdad, memory I had was did stepdad drop a grand in GameStop that day? He he came home with stuff, dog. I don't know how much he spent. I didn't ask questions. He handed me a yeah, GameCube. I mean, a, like just, a GameCube, an Xbox, extra controller, and games, probably for each. Like that had to be like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, right? Because Xbox was two ninety nine. That's fine, dog. It ain't no thing. Nice. So I'm playing the GameCube and stuff, and and then like maybe that that weekend, um, 
he's like, Hey, let's, let's play, let's play this. And, and we're playing, we're, I think we're playing Halo and he's kicking my butt. And then like an hour later, I'm just starting to school him. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my computer. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man. I want to play with you. I don't want to play with you. <laughs> oh no. I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, you know what? You, well, you're used to the keyboard. Okay. It's cause you play on PC. So like, of course I'd be better than you on a, on a controller. I, I wouldn't get a single shot on you if I was on a keyboard. No way. But on the controller, I got you. Do you happen to remember what GameCube games or other Xbox games were in those bags? Nope. No. Nope. Are you? No clue. uh, I was so shocked that it was even happening. Are you a Sunshine guy? Yeah, I love Sunshine. Yeah. But you have to admit, Sunshine's Sunshine's the worst of the three. Like three. I think Mario's, the reason right? you say it's the worst is because it's one of the most difficult. The controls no. are incredibly hard, and getting the water to spray exactly where you want it is difficult. And any game that's really hard, if only because of the controls, is not fun for most people. Sunshine is no, a great game. I it's think it's an excellent Super, game. I think Super Mario Galaxy is one of the best, one of the best three D platformers of all time. Oh, Galaxy, it changed the game, dog. Galaxy is amazing. 64 was like the building blocks for everything, which makes Sunshine the worst of the th- of the three, right? Oh no, 64 is definitely worst. 100%. I will I will I will take that. I will take any negative comments you guys want. Um Sunshine is better if only because it's a little bit newer and the controls and everything else were more refined than 64. 64 controls for Mario if you're not a good player. Well, oh, they're not trash. They they're trash. It's hard to Once go back. Once you get used to them, you 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 watching the speedrunners and stuff is hilarious, but that game is really hard only because the controls aren't super great. And that's fine. It's it's still a really good game, don't get me wrong. I I I'll replay the heck out of it. But Sunshine's just a little better to me. What about what about some Majora's Mask? I played a little bit of it, but I didn't own it. So I, as soon as I left that house, I didn't get to play it ever again. I would like to play it fully, play it fully through. It's better so than Ocarina. If it goes through Switch, then I'll. I, I have no opinions on that. <laughs> Ocarina's great, but I don't know Majora's Mask. So. All right. Question four. Oh, hold on. I want to ask Jared something. What what Sega games did you play? Um, I remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I played that one a lot. Um, there was some other game that was like a medieval something with like people with axes, people with magic, and you could get like up four people on a screen, but it was only two D. But it's kind of like shift you up back and forth. I don't even remember the name of it. I played that one a lot. Uh, Wasn't that like Battle Axe or something? I mean, you could easily be correct, but I don't remember what the name of it was. That's going to bug me because I used to have that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Were you a Sonic? Did you have like the Sonic 1, 2, and 3? Oh, yeah. I played the Sonics. Yeah. Yep. I don't Mortal know, Kombat. like, 
No, wasn't allowed to play this. My parents, I was very fortunate. Um, my parents would be like, hey, don't let this, like, you need to know this is fake. Like, this isn't real. So I would get the talk of like, like, they would buy me anything. But like, I got the talk of like, this is just for fun. This isn't real life, blah, blah, blah. You know, because mm-hmm. video games were of the devil back then. They were the reason yeah. for school shootings and everything else. It's true. It's true. It's still true. So, 100%. Yeah, me and it didn't mix. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. Did you do, what about Earthworm Jim? Did you have Earthworm Jim? Uh, that don't ring a bell. Heck yeah, dog. I enjoyed it a lot when it, I think it moved to, to Game Boy Advance. They put some okay. of the games on there. I played the heck out of it because you could take it on like a road trip and just Earth, sit there. Earthworm and the Jim was the shit. And Booger Man. Did you ever play Booger Man on Sega Genesis? I knew, I knew that one, but I didn't play it. It was called Booger Man, a pick and flick adventure. That was Sounds like the right. subtitle. Sounds like something my so, mom wouldn't let me play. <laughs> Does Jared being out next week mean you're not going to have a Mount Rushmore of Thanksgiving food? Mm. I mean, if it's just me and Ryan, he's going to win, but I'm going to have the more the the better picks. I don't know. I'm um, going to have He's going to have the more American picks. Taterlicious is going to be pick one one. Um Dog, not if I go first. I I did I did send Chad and I think Jared was in that message as well. The the I sent a picture of my mother's handwritten Taterlicious recipe that I took out of her three ring binder cookbook at her home Sunday last Sunday. So <laughs> maybe I'll put maybe I'll put that on Twitter. At Destiny CC Pod, make taterlicious for your family for Thanksgiving. I promise you, it will be the most talked about side dish there. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. I could show up the Foxes just to do the Mount Rushmore at the end of the podcast and let them to handle like ninety five percent of it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can like maybe I can FaceTime you or something or mm. do. We'll, we'll figure something yeah. out. <clears throat> question five. And the final question. Pick a number between one and 100. 28. 72. Oh, I, I always, I've taken 72 so many times. Um, you know what? You can have it. You can have <laughs> no, it. No, no, no. I'm taking uh, 59 in honor of Chad Timberlake. 59. Third roll, roll one, roll two, roll three, and the winner, 27. Damn. One that Jared's ba- I was, was that thinking, I was thinking 29. 28 was like a, 28. 20, it was like a, X, Xbox game with tab was X Jared 28X. Yeah, you did have those X's on there. That was really cute. Whenever you did that, <laughs> is what it is. You know, real creative. When I was eleven. <laughs> All right, we got that added in there. So um, follow us on Twitter at Destiny's Pod Show. Um, shout out to our sponsor, Zencaster. 
as a reminder, Zencaster.com slash pricing code destiny cc pod. I'm gonna let these other two sign off. Yeah, so uh next week's Thanksgiving. So um if you're gaming, I'm sure you can find some other people that's gaming that week if you're not visiting family for other whatever reason, if you don't have family, you choose not to visit them. Um, I'm sure there's somebody else out there that's probably doing the same thing and just playing Destiny or playing Halo, playing Call of Duty. Like, just go out and play some games and, and enjoy yourself for the week. And if you're not American, um, just have a good week. Next week, uh, I will. I will hear. From, we will hear from us, me, uh, me, and Mister Not Ryan, on. Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll figure out what we're doing. Uh, but uh, Americans have a, have a have a good Turkey Day. We'll talk about it again next week. As always, go Cats! Love you guys.